0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about how to give good feedback. So, without further ado, let's hop right in. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host and executive coach, Adam Melnick. With over a decade of experience in mental health, leadership, and coaching, I aim to help you understand leadership through a mental health lens. So, let's sit back, relax, and have a chat. What do you feel when you hear the word feedback? I know for myself, I feel dread. I feel anxiety. I feel stressed. And I'm not alone. The majority of people, including the people that work with you, hate the term feedback. And why? It's because within our world, feedback is an art that people don't understand. They typically think that they're giving good feedback when reality is is that they're just being an asshole or a giant dick. See, the average leader has no idea how to give feedback and they aren't taught it. And even those that are taught how to give feedback are taught wrong on how to give feedback. I cannot tell you how many times I've heard managers discuss the feedback sandwich. For those of you that don't know what it is, it is where you give a compliment, constructive criticism, and a compliment. This is awful. The feedback sandwich, or as I like to call it, the shit sandwich, is terrible. It does nothing but increase miscommunication, and resolves nothing. I remember being called into my boss's office, and I sat down and they said to me, Adam, you're amazing with the new trainees, and you're doing phenomenal work with them. That being said, you're not on time, and you typically come 5 to 10 minutes late. In saying that, the patients really gravitate towards you, and you brighten everyone's day. When I came out of that meeting, I was so confused. I came out saying, am I doing a good job or am I not doing a good job? I don't know. And the feedback sandwich, or again, the shit sandwich, comes from a place of trying to spare the employee's feelings. is trying to spare an individual's feelings when that is not the place of feedback. We are not interested in sparing someone's feelings. We are interested in moving someone forward. See, the whole goal of feedback is to provide helpful information to an individual to help improve their performance. We want them to be Better. We want to empower our people. We want to build independence. We want to reinforce positive behaviors. This is what we want to do when providing feedback. We don't want to spare people's feelings. Or, in many managers' case, they do the exact opposite of spare someone's feelings, and they sit down with them and they tell the individuals all of their flaws. They sit down with them and they say, you talk too much. You're always late coming in. You aren't dressed appropriately. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. A laundry list of issues. And the manager's sitting there going, ha-ha, I did such a great job. I should pat myself on the back. This person is going to improve. When the reality is, is that no, you are being a giant asshole. And you've filled this person with negativity and depression, and they now feel punished. This was not constructive. It was not helpful. In fact, when you sit down with somebody and you tell them how awful they are at their job and all of their weaknesses, they turn off. They stop listening to you. And the only message they come out of that meeting with is, I hate my job, and I don't want to be here anymore. And then managers are shocked when they say, my people aren't improving. They're not changing. They're just leaving, and I have this high staff turnover. It's like, yeah, because you didn't give them good feedback. All you did was be a giant dick and put them down. See, feedback is not always negative. In fact, sometimes we'll start with negative, but it always ends positively. It is a two-way conversation. It's not a monologue. You're not just sitting there telling them how awful they are. They have to interact with the conversation. They have to put in their two cents. They have to help move themselves forward. And feedback is not punitive. It is not there to punish people. See, many, many, many managers are under this delusion that when somebody is stepping out of line or not doing what they're supposed to, that's when you provide feedback. And that is not the case. You provide feedback when people are doing good. Why? Because you're trying to reinforce the good behaviors, the positive behaviors and habits that they're exhibiting. I cannot tell you how many times I've worked with employees and they simply say, I don't know what I'm doing at my job. I don't know if I'm doing a good job, if I'm doing a bad job. I don't know. And why don't they know? Because they haven't received positive feedback. They haven't had their boss, their manager, or their leader sit down with them and say, Hey, I like that you're doing A because it is doing B and C. They don't do that. And so typically the employee gets confused. And then all they hear is their negative feedback of all their screw-ups and they become disillusioned with the organization. We do not give feedback only when somebody is screwing up. We need to be giving them feedback when they're doing something we like and we want them to do more of it. See, that's the main point of feedback is to encourage the positive behaviors and tweak the negative ones to become positive. When we do feedback right, it helps build the trust between us and our team. Because ultimately, when we are giving good feedback, when we are giving constructive feedback, when it's helpful, when it's positive, when it's there for them, it helps improve their skills. Feedback is to help them get better. Feedback is to help them go the extra mile. It's not for us to shit on them. It's not for us to punish people. It's not for us to be negative and to vent our frustration. Feedback is there to help whoever we're giving feedback to, full stop. Because if we are going to be negative, if we are not going to provide good feedback from a place of wanting to see them improve, if we don't want to build that trust and we continue to give bad or poor feedback... Well, guess what? Our people are going to quiet quit because you don't appreciate them. You're going to destroy their confidence. In fact, you're going to create a completely toxic work environment. Because guess what? You're going to be shitting all over your team members, and your team members are then going to pass that toxicity down the ranks or across the ranks because this is the work culture you are creating. By creating this toxic work culture, do not be surprised when you start having staff turnover. When you start seeing staff turnover over that 20 and 30% that we talked about in a previous podcast episode. And do not be surprised when people don't give two shits. When you are sitting there in a team meeting asking for people's opinions and nobody is raising their hands, there's a reason why and it could be because you don't know how to provide good feedback. You are destroying your team's confidence and trust. Don't do this. And the biggest one is when you have provided terrible feedback for so long, when you've destroyed people's trust, when you've created a toxic work environment, and they are now apathetic and quiet quitting on you, mistakes are going to be swept under the rug. In the medical field, people don't like to admit their mistakes. They don't like feedback because the feedback is always negative. So here's the sad reality that nobody wants to tell you. Medical errors and deaths caused by medical errors get swept under the rug because nobody wants negative feedback. I remember looking at a study that was done in 2013 titled... A new evidence based estimate of patient harms associated with hospital care, written by John T. James, that estimated that in America, on average, there were about 210,000 deaths in the U.S. every single year from medical errors. This was considered a relatively low number. And it is predicted that that number is closer to about half a million deaths every year. Why? Because people do not report their mistakes and they sweep it under the rug because many people don't handle feedback correctly and there's a blame culture in the medical world. The stakes when it comes to leadership Are incredibly high you may not be dealing with lives but you are dealing with the livelihood of your people and your organization if you don't level up your soft skills if you don't level up how to give feedback and connect with your people you could potentially destroy your organization unwittingly How do we give good feedback? The first question you need to ask yourself when you're about to give feedback is, is this a good time? Sometimes the individual or yourself may not be in the right frame of mind. Understand that there may be circumstances or things going on that are preventing both of you from adequately hearing the feedback. Always remember, it does not matter what you say. If you do not say it in a way that the other person will hear it, you have wasted your time. So when it comes to feedback, we need to make sure the timing is right for both of us. And typically, don't be afraid to ask. Hey man, can I give you some feedback? Or, is this a good time to give you some feedback? If they say no, you simply say, awesome, when would be a good time? Throw the ball in their court. Let them decide. Partner with them and help come to a mutual time and place that would work for both of you. Allow them to say no. When it is a good time and they say that they're interested in some feedback, now we know that they are interested, they are engaged, and they want this feedback. Next question you need to ask yourself is, what exactly is going on? Be specific. If you're trying to reinforce something, be specific. What exactly do you like? What is the good behavior that you want to see more of? If something's not right, what exactly isn't right? Don't be vague on this. Don't spare their feelings. This is to help them grow. Be specific. Make sure it's given in a timely manner. Nothing ticks me off more than watching managers give feedback a month to two months after the incident. That was unhelpful to everybody. In fact, the other person sitting there rolling their eyes saying, really? You held on to this for two months and you didn't, couldn't be bothered to tell me Obviously, this wasn't important. Obviously, this this feedback wasn't useful, or else you would have told me ASAP. When you give feedback late, especially when it's late by a month, two months, it is functionally useless. The other party is going to take that feedback and throw it in the garbage. It is a waste of time to give people feedback late. Please stop waiting for performance reviews to give your people feedback. That is simply not timely. I remember being given feedback on an incident that happened six months before my year-end performance review. What? I remember that being written in my chart, my employee handbook or whatever you want to call it about things I needed to improve upon and I remember thinking to myself wow this piece of feedback is being used to punish me because honestly if it was useful you would have told me this six months ago so I could have improved and fixed it so it wouldn't have come up in my performance review this is unhelpful and my trust between me and my manager was destroyed. I quiet quit. And I said, screw this place. They don't appreciate me. We need to give feedback in the moment when it's actually helpful. We need to keep our feedback positive. I know. I get it. It's really easy to be negative. And we're going to get into this conversation a little bit later You naturally have a negativity bias. I get it. But we have to stay positive. Typically what I'll do is I'll say what I'm liking and then I will add a suggestion to help them move forward. To help show you this, if I have an employee that is sleeping through the morning meetings, I'll sit down with them and I say to them, I love your opinions and I love the perspective you pass to the team. When you're in the morning meetings, I'd like you to be awake so you could provide us with your wisdom and insight to help us grow. That whole feedback is positive. I've talked about the individual's strengths. I've talked about why I want them awake and I've encouraged them to be awake during it. I didn't sit there and say, hey, you're sleeping through the morning meetings and this is unacceptable. As per da 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 is the expectations that you stay awake. That's called being an asshole. We don't do that. We keep it positive. We talk about the person's strengths and what we like to see more of. And that brings us into the next point. When we are providing feedback, we're only providing feedback on one, maybe two things. When I work with individuals, and for example, when they're trying to brush up their public speaking, I will see 40, 50, 60, 70 things that they need to improve on. I will only pick one or two things at best to help focus their learning for the next two weeks, if not a month, to help them really nail down and improve their skills. So then the next time we provide feedback, we add, again, one to two more. If we provide all 40, 50, 60 suggestions, they fall into paralysis. They don't know where to start. Hell, you don't even know where to start because you can't even figure out the priority of what feedback is important for them right now. It's unhelpful. We have to pick one or two things. When we do provide the feedback, we need to make sure we do it privately. I've seen managers provide feedback in a team meeting and all they've done is created public humiliation for that employee. Remember, if you do not provide feedback in a way that your team or the person will hear it, then you might as well have not provided any feedback at all. And lastly, if this is a really bad mess up, like really bad. When we provide feedback, we need to keep it positive. But we need to pull the person aside in the moment. We need to sit down with them. And we need to ask them, what do they think happened? Why are we doing this? Because we need to understand, do they understand why this is a screw up? Do they get it? And if they don't get it, we need to explain it to them. Nine times out of ten, though, they already know. They already know how bad the screw-up is, and they know why they screwed up, but they don't understand how to stop it and improve their skills to prevent the screw-up from happening in the future. So what we need to do is one If they don't get it, we need to explain it to them. But if they do get it, awesome. We move on. We do not need to explain how bad it is. We need to help them problem solve. And here's the thing. It's important not to tell them how to fix it because this is a learning opportunity. We are going to help them figure it out on their own. We need to sit down with them and help them explore different ways that they can go about fixing this problem in the future. Why? Because we're trying to empower our people. We're trying to encourage being independent. So, we need to ask questions. We need to say, knowing that A happened, what can we do in the future to improve this? What skills do we need to help us move forward? What learning gaps do we have that we need to fix? Like really ask these questions, help them problem solve. And if we make suggestions, we're only going to make one, maybe two suggestions. Because again, if we make all the suggestions, we are not helping them learn. We are not helping them become independent. They're becoming dependent on us. We need to help them figure this problem out. This is a learning opportunity. We want them to become amazing people in the future. Even if they might not be it now, they could be one of your star employees down the line. And this is what we want. We need to ask them, once they figured that all out and how to fix it, what do they need from us? We are there to support them in their learning. What do they need? And if they say nothing, maybe offer a suggestion or two and see what they think. Pass the ball back to them. That being said, sometimes there's nothing that we can do and that's okay. We just accept it and we leave it in their hands to fix. The next question we need to look into is follow up. We need to sit back down with them and say, okay, well, how are things going? I know we created this bit of a plan. Are things moving forward? And if they're not, awesome, this is okay. Let's start troubleshooting more solutions and start tweaking this till we get it right on the next step. Because again, we are helping build our people up. We wanna see them succeed. If the old plan isn't working, let's create a new plan that will. And the last question we need to ask is what do we need to do moving forward? And sometimes the answer to that is nothing, and that's okay. Here's the last tidbit when it comes to feedback. If you provide feedback, no matter when you gave it, how big, how small, if it was for a major screw-up or not, you can never bring this feedback up again. You can never bring this incident up again. As long as they have improved themselves, they have never allowed that screw-up to happen again, and they are making moves to become their best self. Too often, I've seen employers, leaders provide feedback and then drag up that feedback in a performance review or end-of-the-year review, and it destroys people's confidence. It's the same thing that happens in personal relationships, where an incident will happen, there'll be a big fight, both sides move on, they improve, they make sure it never happens again, and then one partner brings up in the future how awful this situation was, And they drag everyone back to the past. It breeds nothing but resentment. It encourages just checking out an apathy. It destroys trust. If you've ever provided feedback and it has been helpful and they have improved and has never happened again, leave it in the past. Never bring it into the future. So with that, we'll wrap up this podcast, to kind of go back over what we talked about. When we provide feedback, it's not always negative. It's a two-way conversation. It's not punitive. It's there to encourage positive behavior. It's there to build trust and to help people improve. When we provide bad feedback, it increases apathy. It increases employee turnover. It destroys confidence. It creates a toxic work environment, quiet quitting, And problems ultimately get ignored. When we do provide feedback, we want to make sure, is this a good time? What exactly is going on? We need to be specific. We need to give it in a timely manner right then and there. Don't wait off. We need to always keep it positive. We need to keep it to one to two feedbacks per session. Less is always more. And when we do provide feedback, we need to keep it private. And always remember, we cannot bring up past failures or past screw-ups into the future as long as that individual has never had it happen again. As long as they are improving, as long as they are pushing forward, we leave the past in the past. Do not bring it into the future. I hope this episode has been helpful and I'll see you guys in the next episode where we are talking with Cynthia Late, a fellow coach who has worked in the corporate world and has been heading change management for over a decade. I'll see you guys in the next episode. Cheers. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, give it a like, and share it with a friend. And if you're ready to take the next leap and improve your leadership skills, Head over to www.seedingthelead.com and book your free coaching session today.